Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Greece's defense minister, Nikos Dendias, recently outlined a new approach for how the Greek armed forces will be run, calling it the Armed Forces of 2030. Part of this new approach includes bolstering Greece's defense industry, as Dendias noted that Greece cannot continue to buy everything it needs from abroad without producing anything of its own. Vasilis Nedos, Kathy Merini's diplomatic and defense editor, joins me to discuss the key takeaways from his exclusive interview with defense minister Dendias, and give us an inside look at the changes Greece is looking to implement. Vasily, thanks for joining us again. Great having you on with us. Nice to be back. Vasily, on Friday, Greece made wholesale changes to the entire leadership of its armed forces, something you spoke to Defense Minister Nikos Dendias about over the weekend. What's driving these changes? Well, I think first and foremost is the decision of the government and the Minister of Defense on uh, trying to create an uh, ecosystem of a defense industry that will be, to a certain extent, local. So not just buying off the shelf, as the uh, Minister of Defense uh, himself noted in our interview, but try to develop uh, local capabilities. Of course, you know, this is uh, a medium-term plan in terms of smaller system, and of course, a much longer-term project if we're talking for, for hardware, which, in my point of view, the circumstances for that are not there yet. So. That's the first. The second one is that the new ministry needed uh, leadership that could be able to take their armed forces in this next era, if I may use this uh, quite bold word, because it will be a new era for the Greek armed forces if they will be able to reorganize in order to be more effective and if they have the ability to choose or to have options from uh, local-made systems. I think that when Mr. Dendias was talking about you know, local defense industry, the first thing he had in mind is how to modernize the existing defense industries. And this is uh, firstly the Hellenic Aerospace Industry, HAI, EAV, based in Tanagra, which is almost the sole source of uh, maintenance and support for the Hellenic Air Force. And the second one is about the Hellenic Defense Systems, EAS, which is responsible to support some land systems and, of course, provide ammunition. In this context, I should remind that Hellenic Defense Systems has pledged to deliver a certain amount of rounds of 155 millimeters to the European Common Cause, of providing, of course, ammunition to Ukraine, but also be able to be a little bit more self-reliant. And the third part in that is something that we will see in the coming months, and uh, I myself and Kathy Merini have reported uh, on that, is the, the effort to create an ecosystem of defense startups that will cooperate through a certain pipeline with the armed forces. And uh, through that pipeline, the armed forces will be able to opt for capabilities developed in Greece. So I think that this is pretty much the big picture, and we can get into more details if you like. Defense Minister Dendias Vasily, he's called this big picture that you've described the armed forces of 2030. Considering all these changes, is this you know an ambitious timeline in your view? Well, I think in terms of legislation, to take you know the first steps in that, it will be before summer. So until May, at least, we should see all those legislative uh, steps 
to create the legal framework for all these uh, actions. The second thing is how quickly the domestic defense industry can be put into track to, let's say, serve this purpose, right? This will be a little bit more uh, challenging. It's not going to be easy because we're talking about organizations that have been facing huge problems in terms of uh, delivering their contracts for years, for decades, I should note here. These are uh, companies that we tried to privatize in the past, but it was uh, nearly impossible because no private investor would want to risk an investment that could possibly become a hostage of a very well-established system of small interests. So these are impediments that, you know, the minister and the new armed forces leadership should be keeping in mind. And I think that in the 2030 timeline that Mr. Dendy has, uh, has set, one of the, let's say, considerations, which he actually also expressed in our interview, is what's happening with, you know, the main source of security concern for Greece in the region, and this is Turkey. According to Mr. Dendias, President Erdogan will be there for the next four and a half years until the end of his term, so spring uh, 2028. And he expressed the view that the successor of Mr. Erdogan, the process that will lead to the successor of Mr. Erdogan, could be bumpy. So if this is the case, then he has foreseen that we may have problems with Turkey in the near future and, you know, the armed forces need to be very ready and very hands-on to deter any problems coming from that part of the world. Of course, you know, this is uh, hypothetical because things with Turkey could always be, let's say, a little bit difficult because it is a country with which we have a lot of disputes and a very different perspective on what should be the security and stability outlook of the region. Vasily, one of the things that the defense minister mentioned to you in your interview was that it was inconceivable for a country like Greece to be buying everything off the top shelf, you know, while not producing a single thing itself. And a hot topic in Greek media currently is Greece's potential purchase of F-35s from the U.S., a top shelf purchase. What did the defense minister have to say about, you know, this focus on purchases like the F-35s or other top line items like frigates, for example? On the F-35s, I think that Minister of Defense pretty much said what other government officials, uh, the prime minister himself included, are saying that inevitably we will uh, move forward with the purchase of F-35s, not giving, of course, more details on the actual number that we will purchase and other details. But what he noted is that it's like we are seeing the top of the pyramid, which is, you know, Rafale's F-35, so highly effective aircrafts or multi-role aircrafts. But we have problems in the sector, for example, of transportation. Our fleet of C-130s has very low availability rate. It's the same thing with the C-27J Spartan. Also, huge problem with helicopter availabilities too. So even though we have, you know, top-notch pilots and very good equipment on the fighter side, our transportation capabilities are very low, if existing at all. So what the minister says here is that we should pay more attention to the basic needs that we have in terms of the Hellenic Air Force. And of course, this is not disconnected 
from the need we mentioned earlier of having a capable Hellenic aerospace industry to support and maintain this fleet. So this is a very important uh, step. Now, the other one has to do with frigates. I think that what he said is that we're going to modernize uh, a number of MICOs. And on the overall question of the purchase of new units, what he said is that we need to have uh, ships, main surface units such as frigates that are able and have capabilities that are armed well and not be so much focused on the number of the units. Now, for people who follow these issues with a certain, allow me to say, responsibility and with no partisan intentions, everyone knows that one of the main problems of the Hellenic Navy is the difficulty to man the main surface units. So before going into the numbers of ships, we should be more interested on whether the personnel that serves on ships is adequate in numbers and if its training is the one that uh, is required, especially for modern uh, units such as the FTIs, the Baladais are more widely known, that we will start having uh, in the fleet from the next year on. Vasily, as part of this you know, reimagined armed forces for the year 2030, Something interesting that came up in your discussion was revamping the model of mandatory military service that exists in Greece. What should we expect here? Well, I think what Mr. Dengas announced is that there will be an adaptation of the military service to what we generally know as the Finnish model. This means that there will be expertise provided to the soldiers while they serve, And they will also be, and this is the most important uh, part of the Finnish model, is that they will be able to return, we will see how often, they will be returned for regular retraining, so they could be easily integrated into a certain unit, and they will be able to follow all the doctrines and capabilities that have been developed in the years between their military service and the the hour of need, you know, Someone that served, someone like me, which served his military service and was dismissed nearly a quarter of a century ago. Apparently, I'm not up to date with what exists now in the arsenal. The tactics are different. Everything is different. So let's say I think that the main target here, the main uh, focus here is how people will not lose touch with what they were doing in their military service. And of course, one of the focuses of the reorganization of the military service is also to enhance the capacity in uh, certain uh, units. There are units that have a 25-30% uh, of capacity. And I believe that one of the, even though we did not discuss that with the minister, but one of the things someone can do to enhance capacity in crucial units is by closing some camps, especially in the hinterland, that do not serve any purpose. But this is, of course, something we will see in the coming months. This has to be introduced as soon as possible if we are to have any kind of results in the next couple of years. Vasily, wrapping up, what other key items do you see on the horizon, especially when it comes to defense, You know, an area that has become a cornerstone of the U.S.-Greek relationship? 
First of all, I think that what needs to be delivered as soon as possible is the letter of acceptance from the U.S. for the purchase of F-35s. Of course, you know, the discussions, I mean, the technical discussions for the F-35s are going to be a bit lengthy. They could take up to a year. But these are technical negotiations. I mean, right now, I think that signaling that the U.S. is... Uh, Unlocking the F-35s for Greece is mostly of political significance. And um, let's say the operational uh, importance is something that uh, follows uh, in a couple of few years. I think that, of course, Greece is interested in things that the U.S. arms industry can provide. I would say that, of course, there is interest for the Black Hawk helicopters, There is interest for armored vehicles. There is interest for uh, items that are connected with the special operation forces. There are numerous things that the Greek armed forces would be interested in uh, from the U.S. arsenal. Of course, there is that discussion about, you know, the literal combat ships. We will see how this will go forward. Even though this is quite a controversial issue because uh, these ships were, uh, the Hellenic Navy declined to get into negotiation for those ships for certain technical issues they had. And, you know, there will be discussions in this regard. It's not going to, to stop. I should also note here something that is not, very connected with, you know, the discussions about armaments or defense diplomacy or so. But I think that the 9th of February, the date that we know until now that the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Gerald Petritis, will meet with Antony Blinken in Washington, D.C. in the context of the Fifth Strategic Dialogue, could be an opportunity to see if there is also margin for more engagement between the U.S. and Greece, also on things that are connected with security and defense. Vasily, thanks again for joining us. Always great chatting. Thanks for having me. In other news, the Greek foreign ministry is making high-level contacts to secure the release of the Greek cadet captain who was one of the 19 crew members aboard the Greek-owned tanker St. Nicholas when it was seized by an Iranian army unit in the Red Sea last week. According to reports, the Greek ambassador issued an official appeal to Tehran for the cadet captain's quick release. The Greek-based Empire Navigation Company that owns the tanker said on Monday that a local correspondent from their insurance provider confirmed the crew's safety. The tanker remains in Anchorage in the port of Bandar Abbas in southern Iran. Finally, Israel's defense minister accused Turkey on Monday of serving as a de facto executive arm of Hamas following the police detention in Antalya of an Israeli soccer player who made a show of solidarity with Gaza war hostages during a top-tier match. Israel's foreign minister also commented on the soccer player's detention, saying Turkey had become a dark dictatorship and calling on international sporting organizations to punish Ankara. The soccer player has returned to Israel, but it is unclear whether he faces prosecution if he returns to Turkey. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.